This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, on this week's episode of the 90 Degrees podcast, we talk about being 12 years old and going to illegal poker games what it's like to finish in the top 10 of the main event, and getting rated by the SWAT team. That and more on today's episode of the 90 Degrees Podcast. Welcome back to the 90 Degrees Podcast, where we give an inside look into the sports betting industry. I'm your host, G-Stack George, and I'm excited because today I've got Demo Kiriopoulos, professional poker player, one of the best players that I've ever sat at a table with joining me. Demo, thanks, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to talk about your introduction to poker. What drew you to it? What drew me to it? Uh, So I would have to go back to 2003 when, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a hockey strike. So that year was uh, a year where poker, the poker boom essentially happened. You know, the moneymaker won the World Series. It was on ESPN. And so I was around 12, I think. twelve. Yeah, I was 12 years old. And obviously I was, that's when I would say my introduction to poker happened. Just playing some poker. Yeah. 12 years old. When do you start playing poker for money then? Like, is it very soon after? Very soon after. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, in our neighborhoods where we live back home, there's a lot of cafenia, which is like uh, underground gambling spots, so we'll call it. And uh, yeah, I had, uh, you know, older influences, you can say, that brought me to these places as a child. So for those that don't know, uh, well, there's a lot of, we're, we're from Toronto originally, uh, a place where Daniel Negranu famously is from. And there's a lot of uh, underground like coffee shops where they serve you coffee in the front and in the back it's uh, nonstop poker games and you've got guys who are you know putting up their whole Friday paycheck and and gambling away the kids university money and Demo's a 12 and 13 year old kid and he is playing against guys twice and three and four times his age and he's taking their money and it was hilarious because Demo the kid walks in he's this brilliant poker player um do you did you learn a lot of valuable lessons about maybe the bad side of poker going to these shops uh well i have to to correct you i wasn't making money at that age uh when i was 12 13 all, all the way up until 16 i was not i was losing money i just always had money in my pocket as a kid because i just i had four older brothers i you know, I had Greek family, the youngest. I just always had three, four, five hundred bucks in my pocket, and I would go lose it. So, yeah, I didn't start making money until later, like sixteen. I would say I I started making money. So, how did you figure it out? What? Because a lot of people will play poker their whole lives and never figure it out. What started to click in your head? Uh, I truly believe I just had a natural. Uh, I'm naturally talented for the game. Uh, I feel like in str- games of strategy, I was always good. Like I was always in the chess club. I was always 
just good at every, every card game, you know, president, anything to do with cards. And I was always a top student in math. So, yeah, I just felt like for me, poker just came naturally. Uh, and then, yeah, I also really loved the game. Uh, and yeah, things just started clicking, started, you know, making my paychecks. And I was like, yeah, could do this yes, professionally. Did you read any poker books? I, I know there's two books that I loved reading. Uh, one was, I think his, his name is Dan Henderson, like an old poker, good tournament player, would always go deep. And the other one I really liked was Gus Hansen wrote a book where, and it's never been done before, where he detailed every single hand he was in. He was recording himself at the table, and he'd walk off and give information. And it was real cool insight. He ended up winning that tournament. So it was cool insight of how somebody thinks throughout a poker tournament. Did you read any books to improve your play? Were you doing any studying or was it just hours on the tables? Yeah, uh, it was just hours on the tables for me. So I I got to a point I was playing like I, I was skipping school. I was I was playing uh, like till six, seven. I was there was times I was playing till eight in the morning and going straight to school. Like when I was six. Yeah, it was just hours and hours of of. Uh, of putting the work in uh i never read any books i never did any studying i kind of just adapted my own game and, and progressed myself and i feel like that that's also like unique and it has helped me in my own way uh for sure do you remember your first good payday where you know you had you walked out of a poker room and you're like man i made some good coin today this is like this is gonna be really really lucrative long term yeah for sure there was a time uh, I think I was like maybe like I would say sixteen, and I went to like a bigger cash game, you can say, and uh, I think I made like ten thousand, and that was like a big like whoa, like that was a lot of money for me. Like, sure, I just like instantly like tripled my bankroll or doubled my bankroll or something, and I was just I thought I was rich, so yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Have you ever been confronted by someone pissed off that they lost the hand to you? Oh, all the time. It still happens now. Yeah, people people take this game personally. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, oh, it's happened many times, and it still happens for sure. We, we've all uh, like heard a horror story about illegal poker rooms. I remember hearing a story of like one that got robbed. I've seen some stuff. Like, do you have any uh, stories of something outrageous that you saw in a poker room, like that stands out to you when you think? This is one of the two or three craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, that I've experienced personally in an underground. I was once uh, at a tournament in like, it was, it was like in Woodbridge or something. It was far. It was, I was underage. And the game got raided by SWAT team. So oh, wow. we're, we're sitting there. It was like, I don't know, 100 people. All of a sudden, we hear the fucking bing, 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 bing. You know, a whole SWAT team comes in with smoke bombs and, and bing, bing. Everyone, everyone got a t like a ticket, whatever. It was obviously pretty. Like all of a sudden, like guys are in our faces with guns, and uh, here I am, like fifteen, sixteen. I don't know, I forget. And they're just like, "Can you call someone to come pick you up?" No, no. <laughs> everyone got like a ticket. I had to call my brother to come pick me up. I didn't, and it, I, nothing happened to me, right? So it was. That what was, was the ticket? Like, do you remember how much it was? I think it was like like for the players, it was like like a two three hundred dollar ticket or something. Uh, they were just after like the people running the game, right, or whatever. 
yeah. Were but, you doing well in that tournament? Were you pissed off that the tournament got I, called when it did? Yeah, I was pissed off. I think actually I had some chips. And yeah, for me, like back then, playing a tournament was like, was, I was always looking forward to that because I, I could never play any tournaments. It was, I was underage. I, like, so the tournament was like, yo, today's a tournament. Like it was, yeah, for sure. I was, I was definitely pissed off. Do you remember when you started grinding on a weekly basis where you're like, all right, this is it. I'm going to, this is going to be my paycheck every week. What age are you now when you're like, I got a schedule um, and I'm going to grind every week? Uh, so like I said, when I was like probably 16, I started making money. Uh, I'd say 17, 18. I, I started pretty much having a schedule. I had like my, my certain games I would go to consistently. Uh, yeah, I say eight, I say eighteen. After high school, uh, I basically took off. I went to Barcelona, and then I started following. Like, yeah, I say eighteen, nineteen. I, I I regularly was had a routine of of cash games and everything. So, Do yeah. you remember your first uh, big tournament win? Uh, how old were you, and where was it? Uh, yeah, I was I was twenty years old. It was in uh, Dominican. Punta Cana, uh, 2011. So, yeah, it was November of 2011. I went there a couple of weeks ago for vacation with a couple of buddies. And then I saw that they had like a, a tournament in a couple of weeks. So I flew back to Toronto, uh, took a week, week and a half there, flew back to Dominican and, uh, yeah, I ended up winning that tournament, which was, uh, won it for like, 140k us which was you know all the money in the world for me back then thought i was retired uh that that, that money didn't didn't last that long but uh it was a good uh definitely a good uh experience for me and uh yeah obviously probably the the best like the best win of my life like it, it felt like uh at that age winning that kind of money was just like surreal feeling for sure hey just taking a quick break, I want to talk about Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to the betters in Ontario. Find out what professional betters have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best betters play. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. Now back to the show. Was it part of it? You've arrived? Because it's one thing to like beat up on your local electrician who's gambling money that he shouldn't be gambling. It's a whole nother thing to go and test yourself against probably some pros in that tournament. Was that the first moment you're like, you know what, I've arrived on the scene? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can say that for sure. It gave me a, a, a definitely a self-confidence boost. When I was 18 years old, though, uh, when I, so I just turned 18, I actually flew to Barcelona for an EPT to play uh, 8,300 euro buying at the time, which was the main event when the Euro was like 1.7 or something. So it was like, it was like 13 and a half thousand Canadian to buy it. And I thought I was the best player in the world. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go win this tournament. And I, I went there with like, basically like my whole bankroll almost like, and I just bought in and uh, yeah, I busted day two, so I didn't cash and, and uh, yeah, that was, uh, but like, that was like a shot taken, but I felt like that, that was just like, uh, 
when you have that in you, like you're able to do that, that you need that kind of uh, in, in poker to succeed, that shot taking, you can't, that risk. They call it leveling up, right? If you, you don't want to grind at the same stakes forever, you have to eventually take the step up into the table, right? Yeah, exactly. I remember watching the Daniel Negreanu doc and he, he talks about how, you know, he's doing well in Toronto. He's, he's a well-known rounder. And then he's flies over to Vegas and gets cleaned out and come back. And it took a while of going back and forth before he figured out what he was doing. Cause he was trying to step up uh, yeah, he, the States and try to level up. Yeah. He would go back home, grind up the bankroll, come back here, get rinsed, go back. And then yeah, exactly. Eventually. You passed that hurdle, right? But it's not easy. Like, uh, you have to keep swinging the bat. All right. You also had some success in Canada, right? In Toronto and Montreal playing some world poker tour. Um, you Did you win a tournament uh, in Toronto for the world poker tour? Yeah. The WPT, uh, the 5K, the main uh, 2019. So that was, what, now it's been four years. What was the payday on that? 520. Canadian. So yeah. at this point, this is your this is your big one, and, and now, what's going through your head when you win this one? What's going through my head this one? Well, this one was uh, definitely special. You know, it was at home. Um, it was a. I had a lot of good chances. That was uh, throughout my career to to win a lot of tournaments, and I felt like I I punted a lot of tournaments. Uh, so this one to finally sit right and and get like a, a major victory was was definitely like was big was big for me uh obviously the the you know the bankroll the money was nice you know it helps with the bankroll for me to play higher stakes cash games which is what i've been doing my whole life and sure it just makes you get to play other other big tournaments and it's like a parlay of of leveling up now um I often hear about people who sell their action to backers often for a markup. Have are you a guy who sells your action or do you, do you own a hundred percent of yourself in every tournament? I own a hundred percent of myself in every tournament. I I've never sold action. I, people always ask me there's sometimes I'll sell to friends here and there, you know, just for the sweat, but I'll never, I've never sold any action to any backers. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of that person. I like to do it on my own. I like to not wake up and do my own thing. I don't have to talk to nobody. I don't have to, you know, let anyone know my my bad beat story or anything. Just I know this because I've uh, asked you before to buy some of your action, and you you always said you're good. Uh, and that was back in the day. And obviously, you're much more successful now. I want to talk about. Um, I wa I used to watch the movie rounders before every tournament. I don't know. It's a weird superstition just to get in poker mentality. Do you have any poker movies that you love to watch? Uh, the one, well, you just said the one movie is pretty much the best, the best poker movie. The only poker movie rounders for sure is, is the one movie I, 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 I will watch once every couple of years. Uh, the only other movie that comes to mind for me is, uh, the Stu Unger high roller story, uh, movie. Oh, yeah. which, uh, Michael Imperioli, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, that's because uh, for me, he's probably the, the greatest card player ever. Uh, 
in terms of like skill and his time of when he was doing what he was doing. But yeah, those two movies are the only two movies I'll I'll, uh, I'll ever watch. Yeah, any other poker movies just kind of like too corny or you know. All right, and for those who don't know, Stu Unger uh, is widely seen as the most talented player to ever play poker. I believe he won the uh, main event three times, but he was also a fantastic gin player. The, there was talks that it, he had to lay uh, a handicap down on a matchup for anyone to ever bet him money. Like he would let you see the bottom card of the deck, uh, and he wouldn't be access, he wouldn't be privy to that information in order for you to agree to play gin with him because he was that brilliant of a card player. Um, you're in Vegas. I can see in your background, you're not in a studio. You're, you're, uh, enjoying it right now. Cause you're playing in the main event and uh, you were participating in a bunch of events in the world series of poker. When do you decide, all right, I think I can go to Vegas. I can hang with these guys. What year do you remember your first year going to Vegas and trying to make a run at it? Uh, as soon as I was 21, as soon as I was able to, uh, to come here and I was actually coming here underage. I used to come here when I was 18, 19 with my brother's ID, you know, double in the cash games. I actually won a tournament at, at Caesars Palace with my brother's ID. Uh, and uh, Yeah, like a small one, like was maybe like I won like 4K. But yeah, I used to come here when I was underage. I used to go to Atlantic City underage. Uh, but when I turned 21, I came here right away. I uh, had a roommate, stayed at the Palms place, and I was I was in there. I was playing as many events as I can. You know, I had a bankroll from my from the from the Dominican win. So, yeah, as soon as I turned twenty one, I was here. So, what does it look like when you get there for World Series of Poker? Are you booking uh, Airbnb suites now? Or are you still doing the hotel room? And how long do you plan on on staying out there? Is it like you're like, all right, I got a month or two while I'm out here? Every year is different for me. It's based on uh, based on how I'm feeling. Uh, this year, I I came here a little. I came here a little late, a couple weeks ago. So I came like June twentieth, because the series is a long grind, right? And I also play a lot of poker throughout the year. Uh, yeah. So this year, I decided to rent the house uh, here, and it's in Summerlin, which is like twenty minutes off strip. Uh, I just feel like it. it I, I don't like waking up in a casino every day and it's like a zoo there. So, so if I ever need a room, I just book a room, but I like this vibe more, you know, I get to be more of a human, take a day off, have a barbecue, chill by the pool. Sure. Um, you said, uh, you play poker throughout the year. Do you ever get burnt out from poker? Do you ever get fatigued and say, I need a break? And if so, what's the longest you've gone without playing poker? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I feel like I, I balance it too much on the other side, or I'm not. Uh, I kind of enjoy life a little too much. I feel like I, I think I've gone easily three, three, three months without playing it, without even touching a card, yeah, or anything, yeah. Is there totally. rust when you first get back to the the tables? Are you bad the first few sessions? There, yeah, there's rusty, but. I say it takes maybe about two, three orbits and I'm back. So it just, it just comes back. Yeah. I'm going to tell a story demo on when I knew you were really good. Okay. We're at a, we're at a poker spot and you come in, uh, you come in and sit at a table and it's a cash game and it's maybe five or six hands in and you end up calling off a guy with like bottom pair. It, it, 
it might have even been like and like full barrel, three barrels for all the chips, and you called him down, and you were right. And I said to myself, man, like when I when I saw your level of poker, I go, oh man, I'm never gonna ever be that good. I I, I don't have that in me. And I said, this kid is special. And anybody I ever talked to about you after, I always said, Dimo's the best player I've ever sat with at a table. Here's a number I'm going to throw at you, okay? 2.5 million in career earnings, cash in tournament. And you're 47th all-time for Canadian players. When I say these numbers to you, how does that make you feel? Uh, it doesn't really make me feel any any type of way. I feel like uh I feel like I, I could I, I haven't reached my potential in terms of poker. I feel like I've had a lot of setbacks in my career. Uh a lot to do actually with uh with sports gambling. It really set me back. Um I obviously I'm 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 grateful. Uh I have the I have for these achievements but uh yeah, I feel like I, I, I owe it, now I owe it to myself. I feel like I, I, I can, I have a lot more to, 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 to offer in this game, and a lot more. Uh, I feel like I should. My achievements are not where they should be. So, but I'm so also he, very hard on myself. Hey, before we get back to the show, I want to talk about the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sportsbook for games, futures, and player props. Save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app forward slash circles off or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. Now back to the show. You, ha I think all the great people are, right? It's like you feel accomplished, but you also feel like uh, you haven't reached the peak of what you can do. You talked about sports betting sometimes uh, gets you in trouble. I find there's a lot of overlap. Poker players will, just because they're great poker players does not mean they're great sports bettors. Um, because it's also, it's like the same way that I think I'm good at poker, but I, I'm not, I don't put in the hours of the necessary work to get good at poker. It's the same thing with sports betting. It's not as easy as, rolling at 11:30 a.m. Sunday in football and trying to beat the board and throw some money at it right there there's a lot that goes into the art of it um I also have heard a lot of players that are either really good at chess or backgammon have transferable skills to poker um do, do you were you naturally good in backgammon and chess and I know you said you were good at games and cards but did you have a lot of overlap in like understanding optimal strategy in games like that yeah for sure uh there was a time where i i was playing more backgammon than poker i would i would uh my life was uh wake up at 1 2 p.m you know go to uh cafe fraps there on the danforth i would play backgammon till till about 6 45 until i had to put my my 7 p.m bets in in my parlays and then uh, uh, from there, I would I would go to a cash game uh, like after. So that was my life for, I would say from like twenty to like twenty five. That was basically my life. Uh, yeah, a lot of backgammon. I logged in a lot of hours in that game. Uh, you had you had an epic run uh, in the main event a couple of years ago. You ended up finishing tenth place. 
was that your that was your largest payday uh at this point in life yeah it was yeah yeah bubble the the final table also biggest i missed the biggest pay jump in world series of poker history which will never happen again that kind what of was the pay jump? jump what was the pay jump 10th place what did you get and what would you have get gotten if you made it to the final table of nine players so 10th was 585 us uh 9th was a million and from ninth ninth to six was only a 400k jump so ninth eighth was like 1.1 sevens was like 1.25 like there was like a the the difference from tenth to ninth was the same difference between ninth to sixth. Wow. Also, yeah. you probably missed out on like sponsorship because those guys get final table. You get in front of you know all the viewers, and you get probably get paid a lot of money for sponsorship at that point, right? Uh, yeah, not 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 that that year was a COVID year, so uh, it was. And also, that's kind of that that that's kind of died down. The like that was big, maybe five four years. It might come back. That that's that kind of sponsorship you're talking about, but it's it's not how it used to be. All right, walk us through a big tournament. Day one, uh, you settle in. What is it like? Are is there a nervousness in your stomach? Are you excited? Is there a buzz? There's a lot of people in the room. What does day one look like when you sit down in a major tournament? Uh, day one, no, I wouldn't say is for day one is more like uh you know is is more of a grind like uh obviously the main event is different this may be the one tournament where you have that 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 buzz but i would say day two and on is is you get that you get that buzz because when you put when you start unbagging your chips on day two you you you, you have that like okay i like but day one is like you know because 80 percent of the time you're you're gonna bust a tournament it's just you're just you're just you're just gonna lose your money so uh day one is 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 more of like a grind day for i would say uh i would say day two and day two any anything day two day three day four is, is you you have that like that 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 feeling where it's like there's no there's no better feeling than going deep in a tournament put it that way so as a poker player so for me anything day two and on is is when you start unbagging your chips is you start thinking to yourself oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna win this thing right like it's you start having this belief and you, you're starting to look at the final result coming oh yeah if i make a day two i feel like i won the tournament for sure i i'm like okay first place is this okay i'm gonna do this and this and this <laughs> for sure. all right let me ask you uh all the dumb questions but the stuff i'm curious about or do you snack at the table? Like, what, what? Uh, there's some people who love to eat at the table, and some people who are like, no, I don't want to eat until break. What, what do you do when you're when you're uh, at a table? Are you snacking throughout? No, I'm definitely not a snacker. I'm more of a black coffee, water. Uh, I like to fast when I eat. Uh, a lot of smoothies. Um, yeah, definitely not a snacker. I would say I, I I maybe eat once a day when I play and and it tends to be towards like the end of the day. But like the first five, six hours I, I kind of I'm on an empty stomach. I feel like it just helps me focus more, uh makes my brain more alert and uh Football Sunday is, is similar. A lot of people are asking, Oh, what are you drinking? What are you eating? And I'm like, nothing. It's 
30 cigarettes and and coffee until seven o'clock until the four o'clocks are over that's the first moment where i can eat and be like all right the day's pretty much uh behind me yeah yeah for sure let's talk about how poker has changed right um I feel like the players have gotten smarter, more math-based, optimal decisions. Um, have you noticed the change in poker from when you first started to now? And is it a lot harder to, to perform nowadays? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of information out on the game now. It's not like it used to be. Anyone who wants to like get good at poker and take it and actually put the time in, in three months could become a pretty pretty solid player in terms of uh you know game theory and and learning the fundamentals of the game uh obviously there's a other aspect which i feel you can't can't be taught you know just having that natural instinct and natural presence on the table and understanding dynamics and stuff where that's what i feel my my skill is which i don't think can be taught i think it just comes with experience and just having a, a knack for the game but yeah the game is tough everyone is uh everyone is decent is good now like even like a like a you know like a fish is 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 not as big as the fish as it used to be like yeah for sure game is uh not as it not as it once was so it's a lot 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 harder do you ever play online or are you just live player uh, I definitely consider myself a, a live cash game player. Uh, I pretty much, uh, yeah, I'm a PLO cash player. That's what I consider myself. I play online here and there. I'll play the I'll play the odd tournaments online every, on the Sundays. I say like you know two or three times a year. But I used to grind the online. But uh, yeah, I don't really like sitting in front of a computer indoors as much yeah. as. You still like the feel of chips and cards in your hand and like the tactical part of poker? Yeah, that that's how I grew up. That's how I, uh that's just that's just what I like. That's just what I'm what I'm used to and what I what I what I feel I'm 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 gonna make my money. What feels better? Pulling off a massive bluff or calling light and being right? Wow. That's a tough one. Uh, Both great feelings, by the way. I would say it, it, it depends more on the opponent you're, I, w- I would be against. If I'm playing against a high-level opponent, it, it would just feel better. Right? If, if I'm playing uh, you know, someone that I don't really respect and I do something like that, I don't feel any, so- any source of satisfaction. But when I'm stimulating my brain against a high-level player and we're, we're just doing the levels level warfare and i succeed with one of those bluffs or light call downs that there's a higher satisfaction are you talking about like three level three levels of thinking with those kind of bluffs where, where you get into level one level two level three thinking yeah exactly yeah so part of being a good poker player is you need to get into your opponent's head and understand how they think about the game and their level of thinking so you know when you when you're just constantly like here like okay this person thinks like here and you're always a step ahead there's there's no really like it's just like whatever but when you're like at a high level against another really really high level opponent 
then it gets fun and it gets tricky and yeah that's when uh the, the, said, the tricks come out you said how the opponent i'm playing against thinks how much of what you're doing is also being self-aware of how you're perceived at the table and playing off of that image oh it's it's all it's a lot a lot of it you really need to be aware of what your opponents think about you and there's times where that changes there's times where the card dictate that image right i could i could go i could sit down at a table no one knows me and for two hours i the deck hits me in the face and or so and i'm just playing a bunch of hands and, and because the cards allow me to play hands in those spots uh, and there's times where I just have to fold every hand and there are people who just think, oh, this guy is just a, a tight player or whatever. So, and you always have to have that, that awareness and, and remember that what they think about you, because there might be a time down the road in that tournament or in another tournament where you have to remember what that person saw you do and play in that moment. So yeah, self-awareness is very, very important and, and understanding what each person thinks about you. Which uh, professional poker player um, that's well known do you think your style most compares with? Mm, wow, oh, that's a tough one. Have you been told you remind people of a certain type of player? Uh, I've been told I look like some players. Uh, not in terms of style. But I would say, like, growing up, I definitely, I did get, uh, there was a time uh, me and my buddy were at a club when we were, like, 21, uh, and uh, it was random. Some kid came up to me and goes, uh, you really look like Phil Ivey. He's a poker player. And this is a kid who didn't even know I played poker or nothing. It was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. It was funny. Uh, yeah, in terms of style, I don't know. Uh tournament are we talking tournaments i guess um overall overall uh yeah, yeah maybe i mean i don't want to i don't want to say like i'm um i would say for live yeah because he's just I... very very aggressive uh, his tournaments uh, i feel like the way he he bets uh i'm now I'm, I'm talking like maybe like three four five years now like now is maybe a little different, but yeah, I would say Phil Ivey for sure. Yeah, I, I was waiting for you to say it because I think I've told you, you remind me of Phil Ivey. You're very cerebral. You're aggressive. Um, you intimidate. I don't, I don't. I don't really speak on the table. I don't really like. Uh, exactly, you're stoic. Get, get it's, into, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just. Just. I. I take down the pot. I don't say anything. Or I lose the pot. I don't say anything. Yeah. In terms of that, for sure. All right. Uh, there's been debates about who the greatest player of all time is. Uh, I don't think this person is, but uh, I'd be a fool not to say and acknowledge Phil Helmuth won his 17th bracelet this past week. Uh, usually the debate comes down to Daniel Negreanu or Phil Ivey. Unless you think I'm completely missing the mark and there's somebody on this list that I'm not thinking of, who do you think is the greatest player of all time? Well, I said earlier, and uh, I feel the greatest card player of all time is Stu Unger, uh, in terms of uh, natural. You know, let's 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 pick a card game. 
I'll take Stu Unger over uh, in his in his in his time and generation. Just how 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 advanced, how much better he was than everybody. Uh, obviously, in terms of uh, accomplishments and like overall, like you know, Phil Ivey in the first me growing up was always my my goat. Uh, nowadays, there's a million good players that people don't even know about that are, are just that elite and, you know, are just playing high stick cash games that no one really, no one knows who they are. Like, like only like people in the game know them. Um, listen, guys like Helmuth, Negranu, like they're, they're, they're obviously goats in terms of like, they're always going to be like the, you know, the Gretzky's and the, and the, but they're not, they're not like, they're not the the McDavid's. You think the talent level of poker in general is so much higher now? So whoever's succeeding in today's game is the be- is the best you've seen. Yes, yes. So the, the the players that are the name players, you know, when the poker boom happened, uh, they're just not. They're just not as good as the kids these days. They're just not, and that's not. They're, they're, they were they were at the top, at, at, you know, at the time. But nowadays, it's it's just the game is has evolved, and you really need to keep up with the game to 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 keep that elite level. Um, yeah. What about a guy like Fedor Holtz, who comes out of nowhere and just goes on this two year tear and like dominates? I'm not even sure if he's the best player of this generation because I don't follow poker as closely anymore. But when you think of like you think of guys like him who are more recently dominating poker now, uh, yeah, for sure, he's uh, he's he's one of those guys for sure that you know came on the scene and had a high level of success very young, and for sure he's he's still playing like the the highest stakes, the high the, the big tournaments comes up for the big tournaments, has his own uh, unique style that of like uh, street poker, so to call it, where he does things uh, in his that you know has has his own game, and yeah, he's definitely one of those players that uh, I would say is are is at is at that elite level, and you know, uh, yeah, he would he would be up there in uh, the conversation for tournament players. Last question: Do you ever see a day in your life where you no longer desire to play poker? Uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I, I, I will always play poker. I, I definitely don't want to play poker as like a main source as income or, or have to rely on poker to, to, to make money. I think I, I would eventually want poker, you know, come here for the world series, play my, my five tournaments. I want to play, have fun with it or travel in different destinations and, and just uh, have it as like uh, as a hobby. That's where eventually I would I'll, and be. I want to be the the businessman who's playing with the pros. That's that's uh, that's where eventually I, I would love to be. Like, uh, but for now, I'm still in the still in the grind. All right, I appreciate it, Demo. You are there in Vegas. We can see it in the backdrop. When this podcast drops, I'm hoping that you're going to be day four into the main event, making a deep run as always, and. I don't know if you know this, but whenever I see your name in a tournament and it, and you're going deep, 
I'm always I'm always uh, on your rail. Like I'm always following and reading the updates, and I and I'll never message you until it's over. And I usually wait a day or two to let the pain of the loss or the exhilaration of going deep. But I always send you a message like, "Hey, great job, man! I was I was following you because I'm a big fan of yours. Always have been." I know, man. I appreciate that. I know, I know, uh, I really appreciate your messages, and I know they're genuine. And I know, I know who's uh, who's training for me. So I, I've, uh, I remember us playing. Uh, you know, I can remember walking up Gamble there, going to uh, doing our little tournaments. Uh, I remember at Laz's house, he used to do some twenty dollar tournaments. But, and you know, it was me and and the older boys. You know, you guys were the the older boys, and that was. Uh, that was a time in my life uh, I'll never forget it for sure. Uh, definitely had some impact in molding me for the player I am now. So I appreciate you and uh, yeah, I was happy to do this, man. And, uh, sure. Perfect. Thank you, Demo. No problem. Thanks, George. Hey, that's it for me. Another edition of 90 Degrees is in the books. I want to thank my guest, Demo Kiriopoulos, professional poker player, the sponsors of this show, Pinnacle and Betstamp, and my producer, Jason Cooper. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor before you go, like the content, subscribe, share, and comment. We'll be back next week with another guest on the 90 Degrees podcast where we give an inside look into the sports betting industry. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed. Until next time.